It's time to dive in the dirty waters of film criticism. Tricycle Radio presents The Movie Wave with Sergio Calvo. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of The Movie Wave. I am Sergio Calvo, motion arts editor of Tricycle, and I'm here at the EIFF, the Edinburgh International Film Festival, with film critics Susanna Marchant. And George Sully. Hey, hey. We're going to go through all the films that we, we have watched at the Edinburgh International Film Festival. Uh, so this episode is basically a summary, or if you want to call it, of our experiences at the festival. Le- so let's start with George, uh, who, like me, has been very busy as well. Didn't have a chance to watch many films. I think less, <laughs> less than uh, I watched. Uh, tell me, what do you watch? Um, well, working life has robbed me with of all of the free time that um, I'm used to having and certainly had last festival. Um, so I actually only managed to see one film, uh, and that was Killer Joe, just now, at Best of the Fest, um, because all the press screenings are obviously during the day, so I didn't actually get any time because I work full-time. But and, and that's probably the only film that all of us have watched. It might, so. it might be. So I'll be interested. And from what I hear, you guys didn't like it. So I'm, I'm curious to. Do you, you, you read Susanna's review? My review was stellar. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I really liked it. You told me in an email that you both didn't like it. I didn't say both. I uh, say I didn't. Okay, interesting. Because I, I enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed it. I, 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 told, I told you my opinion. I didn't tell you Susanna's okay. opinion. Susanna's opinion is on her review. I, I was very clear. It was very clear that she liked it. But to be honest, I thought uh, when we came out of the screening, I thought you didn't like it. So I was surprised when I read the interview. I thought, no, I thought it was, it was definitely heavy. It was, mm. kind of, it was, it was you know, something that really drops on top of you like a yeah. bloody ton of bri- bricks. But I, but I thought it was good. I liked it. I mean, right. obviously, it's one. I think it's one of those films that you watch and you're glad you've seen it. But yeah. I'm not sure if I'll ever see it again. I don't know if I would watch it again. I probably would want to show a friend like I'd like I'd be like watch this this is an experience because it really is like it's not just a standard film that you can kind of sit through and like happy-go-lucky in a lackadaisical kind of way it's it's a really quite like it's intense I mean one one observation my friend made when we came out that I didn't think is that you can kind of tell it is based on a play there is something very confined and stage-like about the way all the scenes are put together they're very dialogue driven they're very claustrophobic and and there's not a lot that really happens on a global scale it's it's all very like scene, 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 quite self-contained, and just it, it still has some weaknesses. I think. I think there's uh, some quite wooden acting on the part of some of the characters. I mean, like the central character Chris was yeah a very weak protagonist, and I identified more with Killer Joe than I did with with him. I thought his dad, Tom Hayden Church, was unbelievably amazing at coming across as, as kind of sort of simple, kind of. Uh, that, that describes him. Yeah, but, but, but it's done in such a nice way. Like, he's clearly quite humble, quite down yeah. to earth, and aware of things that are bigger than him that he can't kind of deal with. And, and he's, he's, I don't know, I thought he was, he was brilliant. I thought, I honestly thought Matthew McConaughey is probably the most invigorating psychopath we've had since Patrick Bateman. You know, since American Psycho, I thought he was unbelievable. He kind of towered above the whole cast in a very kind of like he's a big guy in a small town sort of way both in terms of the plot and in terms of his acting ability I did think that he kind of really stood out um, and the I mean I don't know if I can ever have KFC again <laughs> with this 
honestly. I don't know. It is, it is a very dividing film. I think it's this kind of film that you either like it or hate it. Oh, yeah. And I, I did have this WTF reaction at the, <laughs> at the end of the, the, of the film. The final scene is a, is a triumph, I thought. Mm. Just... Oh, it's just I'm I'm almost speechless at the way it, it all you comes just together. Saw it. Just I did, so yeah. I have something to process it, you know. I'll, I'll write a review for for, for Tricycle and see what see what I actually think. But it, honestly, it's it is a tour de force. I think you know it's it's quite threadbare in places. I think it's it's very very tightly held together, which kind of saps some of the moisture out of it. I think it is quite dry, quite Texan. Um, but I think you're kind of left in a sort of breathless state afterwards. I think it's 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 a unique piece of filmmaking. You basically just saw. You just basically said what I wrote in my review. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I thought. Yeah. I also thought it was quite obvious that it was based on a play yeah. as well. Mm. It was, but in a good way because in many films, um, in many Hollywood films now, you don't really get any more any good dialogues anymore. The dialogue is basically only to push the action forward mm. rather than just have dialogue yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah I definitely that, that, was, that was definitely something that I say we share okay. that yes good, good. And I, I did like Matthew McConaughey as well. I thought that was okay. a really good choice overall for you. I, I'm, I'm going to agree with that thing. I think Matthew McConaughey, he does have a, a very, very strong screen presence. Yes. It's a far uh, cry from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's come a long way. He, uh, that's, that, I, I don't remember. Did, did he take the shirt off in this one? Because I think that's... Uh, yeah, he's naked. He, he does it in every single film. He takes the shirt off. Mm-hmm. So... Maybe it's in his contract. I think it's in his contract. It must be. I need six thousand dollars or some guys are gonna kill me. Better get out of town quick. You ever hear of Joe Cooper? He's a cop, a detective actually. He got a little business on the side. What you do? He kills people. Mom's got a fifty thousand dollar life insurance policy. Killer Joe's a professional. I'll do this right. This murder we're talking about. I ain't agreed to nothing. I heard y'all talking about killing Mama. I think it's a good idea. Well, there you go. My payment is $25,000 in cash. No exceptions. That's not our problem. What is your problem? We have a problem with the advance. No exceptions. Conversation is finished. Of course, we never discussed the possibility of a retainer. What do you mean? Hey, man, you talking about my sister? Is that who she is? Uh, I, I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you here. I didn't think it was a good film. In fact, I hated it very much. Okay, I don't, I don't, I didn't find the, the the black comedy or the black humor. I didn't find it either. What? I didn't find it funny, and I found it. In fact, I found it quite vulgar. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's meant to be vulgar. It's meant to be it's, I think it's probably meant to be vulgar, but. Uh, yeah. You know, it's this combination of sex and, and violence, uh, which it's not for the weak heart. Uh, which uh, very often uh, doesn't bother me. I'm quite fan of that. Uh, having sex and violence in films, uh, there are films that uh, it works, and uh, there are films where it doesn't work. And for me, in this one, it didn't work, and it, 
it kind of annoyed me constantly. I find it very irritating. Uh, I and I agree with you with the performances. I think they are quite uh, a bit wooden, particularly yeah. in the beginning, yes. where you can see yes. that they are acting. Yes. And uh, I don't like that in a film where you see that they are acting. I, 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 I like the film to flow better. Uh, when it comes to narrative, the way the uh, William Fredkin the directs, I don't think he has any of the sparkle of the uh, he had in the films uh, from the 70s. You know, The Exorcist or The French Connection. Yeah. This one. Uh, I think it's very weak. Uh, there, are, there are a few particular examples in the, at the very beginning, like in order for you to know that the sister is in that room, and uh, in order for you to know her name as well, there is the name written on the on the door, so you know there is the there is the sister, and she's isolated in that room. I, I don't know. There were particular details of the film. But I thought they were too easy uh, and not very clever. Uh, and I expected a bit more for William Fredkin because I had admiration for him. I thought I think he's a great director. But uh, overall, yeah, yeah, I didn't like it. And there were f- little things that I did like, like uh, Matthew McConaughey act at times. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, like the vulgarity of it, really, really, uh, yeah, I couldn't stand it. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. There was this one bit that I really liked. It was just a little touch, but I really liked it. Every time Chris came home to his to his father, every bloody time the dog would bark yeah. at him. As like the dog yeah. hated him. Yeah. Nobody else, just no. him. And the dog looked terrified when Matthew McConaughey turns up. Like he's he's just silent, kind of like almost quivering at the presence. Knows who the alpha male is. Absolutely, absolutely. No, Matthew McConaughey. Honestly, he he made the film. He really did. I, I would give uh, a little advice also to the people who are going to watch this film. Please don't take fried chicken to the theater. I don't think you will enjoy it. <laughs> uh, right, you, you, uh, that's the only film you've seen. That is literally the only film, and I'm very disappointed in myself. But I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm, but you, you, you did have a chance to go to the red carpet and talk to the people behind the Pixar or the Pixar film. Um, Brave. Red carpet accreditation for, for the European premiere of Brave. Um, I didn't have time to uh, organise tickets in advance, so I haven't actually seen the film yet, but I did get to have a few words with um, Kelly McDonald, um, which we'll play now. Yeah, let's listen to it. Two stops, that's it. Okay. Hi, Kelly. Hi, hi. Do you think Brave gives an authentic picture of Scotland? I don't think authenticity is really uh, the name of the game with um, any animation, really. Um, yeah. Pixar is not about that, but it definitely... Um, makes Scotland look amazing yeah. and it's got the best bits yeah. how the world's going to see Scotland after this I think so, I mean it's not a twee version of Scotland and, and I'm happy about that I just think it's a lovely sort of, it's got the best bits of the Scottish countryside and it's just blown them up Thank you Obviously, sorry Obviously we've had cars, we've had toys before but I know people keep asking about the pressure that came with Merida but how does it make you feel to know that you have this you know, first female lead in a massive, massive Pixar film? I didn't. I honestly, I didn't feel any pressure because I wasn't aware. And even now, I don't feel any pressure because, you know, you're in safe hands with Pixar, and I would have done anything that they wanted me to do. And um, yeah, I I'm, I'm, I feel very privileged. Kelly, you look absolutely fabulous. Thank you. There was a last-minute wardrobe change. <laughs> oh, how do you know? Uh, <laughs> I know everything. So what are you wearing? Who are you wearing? I have. I was going to say, I have no idea. I do. It's Diane von Fistenberg. Fabulous. Yeah, I had another dress that I was supposed to put on for the evening. And didn't feel it? No, I didn't feel it. I like this one. <laughs> I did the same thing. Kelly, it's a, it's a far cry, obviously, from Chainspotting, what, what a lot of us know you for originally. How does it feel? You know, how do you feel your, your career's moved on, obviously, since Oh, it's moved on sometime. 15 years, so quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I've done I've done a lot since Chainspotting, and then... Um, 
but weirdly Merida is about as close to the Diane character as I've played since Diane you know it's, it's not like train spotting anyway, <laughs> apart from the fact that she's a teenage girl and she's kind of she's kind of feisty cool and enjoy playing something like that then quite a nice yeah fun I mean I, 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 I don't get to play teenagers every day anymore so yeah no it was it was it was hugely enjoyable was it a comfort to return to a Scottish role after Mrs Schroeder in Boardwalk Empire having to play a, it was nice Irish... not to have to think about the accent the accent yeah, yeah it was really nice to, to just sort of because it was on weekends I would go in and record okay. so I worked during the week on Boardwalk and then okay. it's quite hard to drop the accent just jump back and forth yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it, it was just one less pressure. Stop. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. So I only got to say uh, a few things to her, um, but it was she was very humble, very uh, polite, and it was quite a chilled little session. Um, and uh, she's beautiful. Yeah, and she's stunning. Stunning. Um, <laughs> but I also got to see Robbie Coltrane um, and Kevin McKidd and uh, Mark Andrews, the director. But um, I didn't uh, have time or room to ask them any questions because it was a bit a bit frantic at that point with all the journalists. But um, yeah, it was good. It was good. I'm looking forward to the film. All right, so let's let's move on to Susanna. Susanna, what, what, what do you watch at the festival? I think you watch many things. Just give us a, you know, give us the highlights of your festival experience here. I've seen quite a few things. Um, most of those I um, I wrote reviews for. So, um, but yeah, I started the festival with Killer Joe, and with the Polish film, it looks pretty from a distance. Um, and it was one film after another. And that was really depressing. The day was because I mean both of them are heavy and and dark, and draining. So at the end of the day, I was just ah, oh, just kill me now. <laughs> the first day of the festival, and I saw a bunch of shorts as well. Um, partic- one in particular, uh, in one in particular, I really liked, and I really cannot remember who made it, uh, and I'm really sorry for it. Um, it was called I think it was called Queen or the Queen. It was about. Um, a drag queen who has a uh, who's a star of the show in some sort of a club, and it was just a short film. It, it was about what 10, 15 minutes long, um, and basically it was just about how he's trying to fill the void in his life after his partner left him right before they were going to adopt a baby together. Um, he had everything already there. He had the crib, the toys, the room was organized. He already, they already knew that was a little girl. And then the guy left him, and so the agency said, no, we won't let you adopt the child yourself. So but now he's trying to kind of, you know, fill the void in his life, because obviously he's brokenhearted because he really wanted the baby. So uh, that was really moving as well, and I think that was also on the same day. So that was rather, rather tough. Wow. I, I, f- I feel like tearing up now. It's <laughs> just by listening to it. And then, but then, thankfully, um, I went to see, um, I think the next day or the day after, I went to see um, a Borrowed Time, which we already talked about, and it's, um, it, it, it kind of cheered me up, it really did. I mean, it's a sad story, but at the same time, it's done in such a way that it actually doesn't make you smile. And uh, in the interview, the director, he did say that... At the, at the beginning, the, the script was really depressing, really, really depressing, but he kind of tried to write himself out of a hole, so he, he kind of turned it into something into something more um, cheery. And it really was, it was, it, it, you know, it actually had laugh out loud moments, and it was, I re- it was really enjoyable, and I, and I do hope the film does well. 
And it was a very low budget film as it well. It was incredibly low budget. It was something like uh, 100, 120,000 for a feature film. Wow. Um, <laughs> do, do you order some chili? No. <laughs> and it was um, the. It was uh, funded through a microwave scheme, but the microwave scheme works in such a way that they only give you half the money, and the other half you have to get yourself. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it was 120,000 pounds, and I and I didn't know before I saw the film, I didn't know it was a micro budget movie. So I saw it, and nothing pointed to it. Nothing. It, it looked so good that I thought, wow, this must be, you know. Yeah. But so yeah, so I was really impressed with that. I went to see Day of the Flowers as well, um, which sold out, um, and uh, it, it, it did really well with the audiences. And I thought, is it because the film is about two Scottish girls in Cuba? You know, I mean, it's the two two cool things. First of all, Scottish audiences have a chance to see Scottish main characters, yeah. or at least characters pretending to be Scottish. And uh, and Cuba, so love the exotic, you know. Yeah, you yeah. want to see it, so I thought maybe that's that. Um, I thought personally, I really hope I don't offend anyone, but I thought personally that the script could use a bit more work um, because there were three love interests for one girl. I thought that just that's a bit too much. Why don't you develop the other two characters more rather than get three? I mean, too in many of them, yeah. And there were some leaps in the in the in the story that I totally didn't understand. I mean, it was certain things happened, and I really didn't see why or how 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 they could have happened. So, I mean, I thought it was just a little bit more work. It could have been a much better film. Whatever's in the past, it's now that matters. Men don't want women like me. They want girlies like you. I don't think I can cope with this place much longer. I mean, it was it was okay, <laughs> but um, I didn't think it was great. Right. I right. feel guilty because I interviewed the people who made it. So that's why I feel you, guilty. But you think it had the potential to be something better? I thought it really did. I, re- right. I thought it really did. It, it could have been much, much better. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it, it's an enjoyable film for you know, especially you know, I, I think it's an enjoyable film in general. But I don't think it's a great film. Um, so yeah. And right. then the last thing I saw was um, uh, Godless America. God bless America. Yeah, God bless America. Um, And I really, really enjoyed it. There are people who didn't like it. I really liked it. I really did. Um, Dark comedy. um, People die. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, Okay. I did. I did. So so like, like Killer Joe, basically. No, uh, funny. (laughs) Funny. There's. I mean, I met one person who said he left after five minutes because he just couldn't. It was a bit. The beginning, the very first scenes, can be a bit violent, like considered really, really violent. But they're not really happening. They're only in the guy's head. He's imagining the right, thing, okay. but he's not doing it. But the thing is, the person who saw the film couldn't take it. it was five, you know. But it's only five minutes into the film. After that, you know. The most hilarious ringtone ever. Just text P I G. Got hit fast. Got hit.
Oh, we have a press that just gives him a free pass. The boys were caught after setting the homeless man on fire. Did you want the f poop in my food? What? You pig! A tumor this size is very dangerous. Do you have any family? Oh, gotta take this. My name is Chloe. I live in Virginia Beach, and everyone loves me because I'm so pretty. I wanted an Escalade! This is the biggest day of my life, and you're f***ing up, Dad! Hey, Creepy. Isn't the schoolgirl thing a little played out? Don't move and don't make a sound. If you want the car, just take it. My parents got me the wrong one anyways. Yeah, that's a fucking tragedy. Did you just kill Chloe? Awesome. And that was a fantastic start. But you know who else really riffs my cock off? The Kardashians. People who use rock star as an adjective. Women who call their tits the girls. Anyone who wears crystals. You're aiming at the bear, right? I really liked it. I thought it was a great, funny film. So I, I really did enjoy it. So I, I basically I ended the festival on a, on a good note. On a good and violent note. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you didn't go out there and kill people. No, no, I don't think. I don't think you know it right. can, a film can actually. You know, I don't think so. I don't think it really happened. But um, I did enjoy it. I thought it was an interesting critique of our society where people don't want to connect with other people anymore and the only real conversation you have is about Lindsay Lohan and what you saw on TV last yeah, night. Yeah. And you don't really have any real conversation and you don't really connect with people anymore. Um, so uh, actually Bobcat Goldthwait called his film a uh, violent film about kindness and I kind of agree. It was, it was, it was a man getting violent because nobody's kind anymore. Interesting. All right. It's uh, a bit of a contradiction but interesting. <laughs> Right, I'm uh, going to try to be quick here, have a few notes on some of the films I've been watching. Uh, the first one is the Philippine New Wave. Uh, this is now a, a film movement. And uh, I had the chance to talk to the director, Kevin De La Cruz. And uh, I, I don't think the film is groundbreaking, but I, I, th I thought it was interesting because uh, you get the chance to listen to this very diverse group of, uh, of very productive uh, Filipino filmmakers. Uh, so the film is it's more like a... Like a like you know, like a selection of uh, bits of conversations with uh, with these directors or these, these artists. I would call them more artists because they are not just focused on film; they do all this stuff. And, and also, in, there's a lot about uh, film theory, which I found quite quite interesting. For me, it was uh, it was more like a discovery of this this world of. Uh, uh, Filipino cinema, uh, which uh, I didn't know anything about, and I think I've, I found this uh, enthusiasm that the filmmakers had very contagious, uh, and you know it made me very intrigued about uh, Philippine cinema, and, and that's why my next film is also a Philippine one. It's called Fable of the Fish, and uh, it's a very strange film uh, about a couple that moves to the slums of. Uh, somewhere in the Philippines, I don't know exactly where. And uh, they find a job, uh, kind of digging up the rubbish. You, you, you know when you see like an Islamic millionaire and these places, they have this mantas of rubbish. Yeah. And there are some people who just spend the time digging up the rubbish to see if they, have, they find something of value there. Uh, so soon after she gets pregnant and she gives birth uh, during a big flat that they have there. Uh, in this uh, really low-budget house, yeah. and, uh, but she doesn't give birth to a baby; she gives birth to a fish. 
So th that, that's when the film turns uh, a, a bit weird, a bit uh, yeah, surreal and absurd. But you know, it still keeps this kind of serious uh, and tragic tone. Uh, and probably the thing I liked most about the film was the performances because these, these, these actors they can express so much just with their eyes. They can you know they express hope, anger, frustration, the disappointment. Anything just with a look in their eyes, and I think that when, when an actor can do that, it's, it's quite uh, quite an achievement. So, anak niya talaga yung yung fish. Basa sigurado ako na sa akin galing. But you know, it was a very bizarre film, <laughs> particularly the bit of the fish. Sounds quite bizarre. <laughs> like, you know, it's still touching. It's still touching. Uh, another film I saw uh, that I also have. Uh, also has uh, animals in involved. It's a, a film called Bestiaire. I don't know if I pronounce oh, it correctly. I thought, oh, that looks interesting. Then I read about it and I thought, no, right. I'm yeah. not going to go watch that. <laughs> Is it to do with bestiality? <laughs> it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing about bestiality. It's, it's just a documentary film that takes place in a zoo, in a French-Canadian zoo. And uh, it's just simply like long shots of animals and uh, animals in captivity and it's very you know it's, it's, it's these kind of films that are very contemplative and also in a deliberate way they are very slow and uh, I th definitely it's not for everyone but I watched it at a time that I felt like you know I need, I need to slow down I need to slow down and you know just uh, stop time and uh, so I appreciated the pace and uh, also, like you know, how many how many times in your day you, you just stop and look at things yeah. closely, and and this film gives you the opportunity to to look at these animals closely and just uh, observe, you know, their, their behavior, their, their their skin, their their hair, uh, their sad and miserable existence. Yeah. Their sad and miserable existence in in, <laughs> uh, in, in closed doors. So I, I thought you had, you know, there are, there are good things about the film. There, there are a lot of beautifully composed shots, and it's also very quiet. And you also have people. You know, not many people. You have some people as well. The ones that are working at the zoo and the visitors. And there is one scene that really stands out, which is the one that, in which you, you see the process of uh, stuffing a, a dead animal with a kind taxidermy. of taxidermy. Yeah, taxidermy. It's really weird. You see the whole process from beginning to the end. And uh, it's really weird, but you know, I thought it was interesting. If you if you like slow films, if you if you want to slow down for a little bit, uh, another film I saw, uh, I just uploaded a review on uh, on our tricycle website. It's Future My Love, and it's uh, it's about a different or an alternative uh, way of shaping society, and it focuses mostly on this guy. It's a social engineer. He he calls himself a social engineer or industrial engineer. He's an inventor as well, and his name is Jack Fresco. And he's got a project, it's called the Venus Project, which is a project that kind of uh, highlights the need for a new economic system and the possibility of using uh, advanced, uh, advanced technology to, to kind of evolve as a society. And I think it addresses very relevant issues and it, it, it does it with a lot of optimism and, uh, and hope, which I think is the positive side of the film. 
Uh, it's also timely because it comes out now in a moment uh, when uh, people, I think, are more and more aware of our, you know, that the, our socioeconomic system doesn't really work, although you might uh, disagree with that. Uh, and this collapse is an opportunity uh, to look at uh, alternatives. So it's a, for me, it's, I think it's a time for divorce, and I think it's something that the film states. is uh, It's a divorce with this kind of love-hate love relationship that we have with the capitalist or monetary system. Uh, but but the, the, the question that uh, the film asks is that are we can we move on are we prepared to change i see in my taxi every day people from all walks of life who all have one thing in common and that is the fact that they are living their life in the way they feel as if they should rather than i believe that they're living their life in how they really want to so many people are burdened by finances they don't have the money they don't have the money the opportunity because they're constantly having to work so much and because the way the economic system is is based you know the people they don't have the time to think about things i don't think um, to think about what they really are what they really want is there an alternative to the system that we're living in you know most people have never even considered that there might be an alternative to the system that we're living in Did anyone know who Jack Fresco was two years ago in London? Um, I would say the number of people who knew Jack Fresco was two years ago would be much less than it is today. So why do you think people are getting interested in the resource-based economy now? Because with the bank bailouts, I think that people are starting to actually question what money is. And if all of a sudden you can create, you know, however many hundreds of billions they just created to give to to the banks so that they didn't go out of business, um, I think people are starting to wake up to, to, to what is actually going on. People have become more interested in finding out about alternative ways of living and alternative ways of, of shaping society than the one we currently have, which is a monetary system all over the world. Do you think we have the power to change? Without a doubt. What we don't have is the power to think we have the power to change. So it raises many questions, but the only thing that did not convince me was this uh, poetic style, very overly sentimental. Uh, but, you know, I think it's a very relevant film, and I, I found its optimism very contagious as well. So that, that was an interesting one, Future My Love. I'm with George Carlin on that one. I don't think the human race can actually evolve past where we are. We're just going to destroy ourselves. <laughs> or end up lacking Wally. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, for, for something that, that's, that's a children's film, I think Wally actually does have, have a lot to say for itself in terms of social commentary. <laughs> quite, quite critical of the human race in, in a nice way. Well, that, 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 that could happen. As long as there's a place for love, you know, at least a little bit. It's not like I'm saying, uh, you know, I hope we all die. We do, <laughs> we do deserve to, but, I, yeah, you know, do. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... Pay for our sins. I just don't see how we're going to make it as a species. I really don't. Um, I can't remember... Uh, uh, oh, God, I can't remember where I read that. How if you 
removed one species of animals, um, you know, all the planet, like bees, right? All the planet would just collapse. Collapse. Whereas if you removed humans, everybody else would thrive. <laughs> the party would get better if we yes. left, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's, a, that's an issue that was addressed in Prometheus as well, in some way. Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. <laughs> it's a big topic. All right, okay. Um, there, there, it, there is one issue that this next film addresses, which is uh, in some way related to this other film. Is this, uh, let's call it, if you, you, you might call it revolutionary times that we live in. And this one is called Tahir Liberation Square. And it's a film that uh, documents what happened in Tahir Square in, in Cairo, in Egypt. And it starts uh, on the 30th of January, which is five days after the first protest of what became the Egyptian Revolution. Uh, that was a campaign to overthrow President uh, Mubarak. And the film, uh, the, the good thing about this film is that it gives us an insider, insider's look of the protests. We, we walk, there's, I, I don't know what kind of camera they, they, they use uh, to get through people, kind of uh, go unnoticed among all these protesters in, uh, in, in Tahir Square. But uh, you have the chance to you not not just see the protesters, also to listen to their thoughts and discussions uh, and uh, the, their chants of resistance. And at times, is is you know when they are chanting, at times it sounds like at times it sounds like a, an Arabic rap, which <laughs> weird. Or maybe it's just me. But there is one scene when uh, Mubarak addresses the protesters on the screen, and we. We see the faces of disappointment and frustration and anger. I think that's the the one that stands out in the in the film. And we also see the police provoking the crowd and people giving up to this provocation and chaos and horror. And you see, well, parts of it we might have seen it on the you might have seen it on the media as well. You see how they improvise these helmets to protect themselves and they use the. The, the tiles from the pavement to fight, uh, uh, but the, there is a, I think there is a fundamental flaw in this film because they didn't include footage of the, the violence from uh, by the police or the mercenaries in uh, in uh, d- d- during this protest. Uh, and in some way, I don't blame them because uh, considering the risk involved, uh, as many people were were killed, you didn't want to get too close either. Uh, the, it just depends on how how brave you are as a filmmaker. So we, we see the resistance that is growing and uh, how many politicians and uh, speakers, they also trying to take advantage by, by, giving up, by giving big speeches, trying to attract the support of the protesters. And many, uh, many know how uh, to manipulate the crowds with their speeches as well. So you, you see that process. But uh, I think you also see that many protesters, they, how, how much they distrust uh, politicians. Mm. Uh, so, you see, so you see all these things going on. Uh, and finally, of course, we see the resignation of Mubarak, and I, I don't think that's a spoiler. Uh, and the people of Egypt celebrating their victory against the regime.
I thought the film was uh, was great. Uh, you feel like you're there, like you're part of the movement. And, uh, you know, it's a movement uh, that led to an, to a, another or a bigger movement, the Arab Revolution or the Arab Spring, if you want to call it. And I think it inspired the world also to occupy and resist and, and, and believe in, in change. So I, I think this is my, my favorite film of the, the festival. Right, we have the list of the winners, so we're going to go through them really quickly. The best British feature film was uh, One Mile Away by Penny Walcock. <laughs> I pronounced it right. Best performance in a British film, Andrea Riceborough and uh, Brit Brennan for Shadow Dancer. Best international feature film, here then directed by Mao Mao. And the Student Critics Award, Sleepless Night, directed by Frederick Jardin. Now, just to sum up, you guys think it was a good festival? <laughs> I'm not in a position to comment, having seen one film, I'm afraid. But from what I've heard, I think it was a step up from last year. I think Chris Fujiwara has, has done, done a good thing. Um, uh, but I'm honestly, I can't really pass comment just without having experienced it in the way that I should have done. Right, uh, you Susanna? I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed I, I, it. I saw some really good films. And I'm not sure if I'm just really lucky, because I mean, obviously I can't see all of them. I mean, I've got all the list of the films, then I can't see them all. So I just basically think, okay, so tomorrow I'm just gonna go see this, 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 and this. And I somehow managed to bag really good films. I don't know how yeah. that happened. So I was really happy. I hope maybe, maybe, maybe the, the, the you know, maybe they were, all great across the board yeah. I don't know but I really enjoyed it and I also got to interview some really interesting people so it's cause it was good, good in, it was a good a good festival if you have to pick a film from all the films you saw at the festival oh which one would that be it would be it would uh, you see I hate you <laughs> uh, it would be a f- I, I, I picked one so I think it would be a tie I think it will be a tie between um, Borrowed Time and God Bless America I think right. one American one British <laughs> <laughs> alright excellent uh, so that was it for uh, this special festival highlights episode 27 you can follow us on facebook.com slash the movie wave and you can find more film reviews and interviews at tricycle.co.uk where you can read all the issues of Tricycle Magazine for free. Tricycle Magazine is now responsible for the content of this program and all opinions and views expressed on the show are solely of the individuals. Thank you, Susanna and George, for uh, joining me on this festival adventure. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, everyone who's uh, listening out there. And we'll be back after a long summer break. Uh, We'll be surfing, I think, other waves. (laughs) So thanks again and have a good summer. podcast is a production of Calvinet Entertainment for Tricycle Magazine. Find out more at tricycle.co.uk. That's T-R-I-S-I-C-K-L-E dot co.uk.
it, it kind of cheered me up. It really did. I mean, it's a sad story, but at the same time, it's done in such a way that it actually doesn't make you smile. You, you could call it a kitchen sink comedy instead of kitchen sink drama. This is what normally they call all these British social dramas. They call it kitchen sink drama. But let's call it kitchen sink comedy. Is that because you throw everything into it, including the kitchen sink? I don't know. Maybe they just shoot a lot of scenes in the kitchen. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Um, I think it will cut off. <laughs> <laughs>